This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me. It's my absolute pleasure to be with you every single morning. And uh, the fact that you guys tune in uh, so early every single day, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever, uh, it means a lot. So thank you. Um, let's jump into the chat box, shall we, and say good morning to those Joining us, Blackshine, Barry, uh, Rob, Paul. We've got Glenn, Amira, Matt G, Rancid, Maximius, Bakary, Lasagna, um, Stevie, Jakob, Mark, Paul, John, uh, Chiodozi in the chat, Stephen, Damien, and plenty more of you guys as well. Thank you to everybody um, that is tuned in. It means a lot. The show is going to be in three parts this morning. Uh, we've got part one, which is, as usual, I'll be running, running you through all the latest news um, regarding the club. And I'm going to chat about that for the first bit. And then in part two, uh, we'll be going into a preview of today's game against uh, Newcastle United. As always, for our morning previews, I'll be joined by Mike for that. And then, of course, we'll be jumping into part three with your questions. So without further ado, let's not waste any time, shall we? And crack on with our first story of the day. And that was yesterday's victory, uh, sorry, draw. It nearly, nearly, very, very nearly was a victory over Manchester City's under-21s. It was a very, very impressive performance by the Gunners. Harry Simi was actually on commentary on Arsenal.com if you didn't uh, manage to tune in. Uh, it certainly was a good listen. And uh, yeah, it was a frustration because Arsenal had the lead right until, up until the 87th minute. They actually came from uh, two goals down in, in this game and... I think that if, if there was a chance for Arsenal in the PL2, you're going to have to try and beat Man City because they are always up there with the best side in that PL2 table. Um, so very frustrating indeed that they couldn't quite get the, the, the job done. Um, but in the end, uh, they managed to still come away with the draw. But they'll be very disappointed indeed after what was such a great comeback to not, of course, um, get involved with this. So, yeah, that is certainly um, a foundation to build upon for Mehmet Ali's side. Uh, now, there's reports coming out of Spain uh, that Arthur Vermeeren, uh, a player who I know next to nothing about, but uh, he is very highly rated, uh, currently playing for Antwerp, and uh, he's been linked quite heavily 
with uh, with uh, Barcelona initially, and now is being linked with Arsenal. Um, he is a 18 year old central midfielder, very very. Um, a lot of kind of uh, talk about this this kid and how impressive he is. I mean, he's 18 years of age and he's and he's playing for Antwerp and he's got a 25 million euro valuation on transfer marks, which is quite high. It's it's a lot higher than what you see from a lot of actual Premier League players at that kind of level at 18 years of age. So clearly, uh, is doing impressive things in Belgium. But uh, coming out of Spain, the reports are that Arsenal are said to be leading the race. It seems now after Barcelona. Uh, have pulled out of that. Uh, what kind of figure we'll see involved in any potential deal for Vermeeren remains to be seen. But midfield is an area that we know that Arsenal were trying to look at potentially signing somebody in. But you have to kind of question if it's a central midfielder that we're going for. You know, and I asked Mikel Arteta the other day about Charlie Patino. You'd imagine that Arthur Vermeeren would take that spot, would, you know, block that pathway. So, uh, again, a player, if the links do indeed uh, kind of ramp up, you can be sure that will provide you with as much insight and tactical breakdown on the player as we can leading up to that January transfer window. But we'll be across this story and keep you in tune with it if there are any developments or if I can do some digging on it as well. Now, Mikel Arteta, of course, faced the press yesterday. I was at London Colney to hear from the Arsenal manager ahead of today's game against Newcastle United. And there were some very interesting lines uh, on this. I'll start with kind of the, him talking about Wednesday. Uh, I don't think he was too keen to kind of dig up uh, the disappointments of Wednesday, but he was asked about his analysis of the game. And he says, every time you have a defeat, it takes a few days to get over. But the full focus is now on Newcastle. There are obviously things that we had to do much better in the game, especially the way that we competed and the way that we conceded the goals. I don't think the scoreline reflects what happened in the game at all, but we should have done much better. And I do tend to agree. You know, I know that people talk about it's a disappointing performance, you know, losing 3-0 or 3-1 rather at West Ham. But if you're, if we are honest with ourselves, Arsenal dominated the majority of the game and West Ham really were limited to the chances that they were able to create. They just took the ones that they got and they were better chances than we ultimately created for ourselves. But I think there were still positives from it. Odegaard coming back, scoring, I think, showcased what we've been missing a little bit, perhaps, from him. He was asked about Smith-Rowe's injury because, of course, we only found out about Smith-Rowe's injury uh, ahead of that game against West Ham, to which we were told there was a knee issue. And he says, nothing's changed. As I said, I think he'll be out for weeks. How many will determine in relation to how he progresses in the first few weeks, especially it's a big blow because he was getting some momentum and some minutes and we'd started to get the meal that we needed. But unfortunately... He's going to be out again. Um, what this means for Smith-Rowe's future, again, uh, is going to be a frustration for Arteta. It's going to be a frustration for Smith-Rowe's biggest fans. And, you know, I'm certainly one of those. But it's it's difficult to it's difficult to foresee him being able to work his way back into a squad when he can't play. Very, very tricky indeed. And then there was a really interesting comment about injuries. Um, and I don't know if you caught this uh, specifically, but uh, he was asked on whether he would be welcoming back any of his injured players. And he says, we have another training session, so there's a possibility, but I don't know. Now, the only players that are out are Jesus, Partey, Smith-Rowe and Timber, who are all, we've been told, out for, quote, weeks. So I don't know who he's referring to regarding this possibility. I guess the most obvious one would be Jesus, because... He's been quite coy about how quickly he can recover from those injuries. But I would be shocked if indeed it is uh, Jesus because they were talking, you know, and although we've, we've, you know, said things like December and things like that, I'm not sure how accurate those reports are. But I think that the idea of, of somebody coming back that's out 
seems a little bit like I think he's just trying to keep the opposition guessing. That would be my assumption of, of what Arteta is talking about there, because I honestly have absolutely no idea uh, who he could be referring to. Uh, I was also at the press conference, of course, um, as well, and uh, we did manage to get uh, some words to the manager uh, discussing uh, Granite Xhaka in particular. He was asked specifically, um, I say asked specifically, I did the bloody question. Uh, I asked Arteta about Xhaka uh, and kind of the evolution, if you like, since Granite Xhaka has moved on from the club. And he said, Granite was a key player. He played nearly every game for us and we knew it was going to take some time, just like it took him some time, especially when I changed his role. There were a lot of questions about it and then he evolved in a great way and here it will happen the same. And it's those last few words in that answer that I really latched onto yesterday where he says, here it will happen the same. What he's saying there is effectively promising that the success that we saw with Xhaka He's expected to see that same success with the players that replaced him, be that Havertz, be that Vieira, be that Jorginho and Rice playing there. You know, it's very interesting that he was very committal to that comment um, specifically. So I think that what's interesting there is that even though he's recognised how important Xhaka was, he's very, he's very leaning on this idea that you know, there will be success with this midfield. I also asked him about our way for, you know, since Arteta came in, those days of where we would struggle at big six away sides or in difficult away games. You remember the, the the reputation Arsenal had of never being able to win the big games away from home. That has gone. You know, you think about even this season, we've gone to Seville, a place really difficult to win at. We've won. Yes, we went 2-0 down at Chelsea, but we came back and kept that to a 2-2 draw. We've already beaten Man City at home this season, a very really difficult game. And last season, we went to Newcastle, of course, and won 2-0, despite everybody thinking that we would be comfortably beaten in that fixture. And I asked him what he thinks uh, has changed, what he thinks he's done that's been able to drastically change that away form into a positive direction. And he says, uh, belief and then performances. First of all, be so convinced that you can go to Newcastle and fully believe that you're going to win the game. It has to be really clear what you have to do to achieve that. Then obviously quality and talent to get the performance that we need. And that's down to the players. And it got me thinking because he's he's talked a lot about, you know, belief. And that's a key thing. And it makes me think, what wasn't happening before? Like, were these players not went under uh, at the end of Arsene Wenger's tenure under Unai Emery? Why weren't they believing that they could win those games? And how has Arteta drastically been able to change the mindset of that belief? I think there's a lot more to it than just belief. And maybe Ozzy was just being kind of a bit broad about it. But I did find it interesting that belief is, is the, the key go-to. Is it all? And was it all in Arsenal's heads as to why they weren't able to get the results that they wanted away from home in those big, big fixtures. And we'll hope, of course, that Arsenal can do that today against Newcastle. And speaking of which, we're going to welcome Mike into the fold in just a second as we preview this afternoon's game on Tyneside. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Mike, mate. How are you? You good? You well? I am very well. Thanks, Tom. It's uh, a somewhat warm 36 degrees in Perth today. So, lovely stuff. My other half landed in Sydney yesterday. Well, I say yesterday, today for you, uh, yesterday for yeah. for me. Uh, and uh, she's going to have, I'm sure, a very lovely time uh, out in Australia. Sure she will. Although she did say that the flight is the worst thing she's ever done. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not nice. It's not nice, whichever way you slice it. No, she. They stopped off in Singapore and uh, and you know had a, a bit of a break and then obviously got on another eight hour flight and yeah, it's uh, it's 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 definitely the thing that stops me from going to Australia and New Zealand. I think is the thought of that flight both there and back. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully uh, sure. she can enjoy sure. herself before prepping herself for that uh, that flight back. Um, but yes, uh, Mike Newcastle away from home, very difficult game. You know, we were worried about this game last season and we came through it. How are you feeling ahead of this one? I think it is obviously the top one of the top three most difficult places to go uh, in the Premier League, without a doubt. Uh, the Geordies are mental, and I haven't lived there for in their support. I lived there for yeah. five years. <laughs> I experienced that to the uh, to the nth degree, uh, and they make it very, very uncomfortable for anybody coming to uh, to St James's. Mm, they do. On top of no. that, of course, we've. Um, We've got some some key figures out we've, uh, mm. which we'd rather have in. Uh, of course, we've not got Jesus and party. We would rather have than have not, which seems to be rare these days. And um, that obviously adds an extra layer of that. That takes away a chunk of quality from, from from what we can do. But then Newcastle have got Isaac missing. They've got Botman missing, both of whom are top draw players uh, as mm. far as they're concerned. So. And we've seen them lead goals with Botman not being there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mi- mixed, mixed, but but relatively confident that we'll get a result. Um, and not unoptimistic is possibly there. Good. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of fans are very worried, um, you know, about this game. So it's good to hear some optimism. I'm optimistic in, in you know, in some ways. I think that those injuries that Newcastle suffered have taken away some key parts of that squad is Zach was was brilliant I thought in the away game that we played in last season playing on the left with Wilson through the middle Murphy has been really really good for them as well and he's he's going to be missing Tonali's obviously banned as well for the game so they won't have him um Bruno Gimaraes is on four yellow cards so there's something of a tightrope he has to kind of tread I suppose in some ways to avoid a suspension um but he's a very dangerous player anyway and I wouldn't expect necessarily that to have too much of an effect on his performance um and as you mentioned Sven Botman is, has been massive you know the real foundation for the growth of, of Eddie Howe new look Newcastle side and if we have a look um, just quickly at, at some of their recent results in the table maybe those injuries have started to affect them they drew away a Wolves in a game which they were very fortunate to win actually because of that penalty decision that yeah. some people have said that Anthony Taylor has been demoted to the championship for according to Dale Johnson of ESPN that's not the case he's not been demoted to the championship it's just kind of his turn in terms of refereeing to go down and he's very sure assured by that which he has his very good sources at the PGMOL of course but how much do you believe it I don't know <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> in terms of the game before that, they lost to Dortmund, of course, at home. Uh, I think that was their first home defeat all season and, and in quite yeah. some time, maybe even since we last beat them. Uh, I think that was their last uh, home uh, defeat. Oh, no, sorry. They, and the new, the Liverpool game, of course, where Liverpool went down to, to, t- uh, to was it 10 or even nine men? I think it was 10. Um, 10. And Nunez scored right at the end. So they've lost that game, uh, of course, as well. So uh, Man City, of course, very, very narrowly beat them, only just 1-0. Um, but they did have some interesting games. Where they like, lost to, to Brighton. Um, they drew away with West Ham, of course. And I'm not saying that West Ham are a bad team. We've just lost to them ourselves. But in the league, they've not been particularly you know, effective in, in the same kind of way. Um, but then they've had some really big score lines, like beating Aston Villa 5-1. Um, they've beaten PSG at home 4-1 in a really impressive win. They beat... Um, uh, they beat Sheffield United eight nil, you know, earlier this season. So it's you know whatever we can do, they can do better when playing Sheffield United. It seems smashing them by eight goals, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how things uh, go. Let's took a, have a look at what we're picking, Mike. Mike, let's go for a Euro eleven first. Tell us what you've gone for. Okay, so for those who are listening, it's uh, somewhat reluctantly. Right, I, I know what you meant by that when you said, but those who are listening, as in like. On audio platforms only. Yes, you, sorry. you said it like for those that are paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on, guys, come on, come on, wake up. <laughs> Keep going. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, White Saliba, Gabriel, and Tommy Asu, I guess, was possibly the only um, the only debate. Uh, but I think his performances of late have been have more than justified uh, his place. Um, midfield. I've gone for Jorginho, Rice and Odegaard. Uh, I think that Jorginho had a great game against them last last season. Uh, It was probably his his game of the season for us, I think. And Rice is a a gimme. Odegaard was given minutes uh, against West Ham, I think, just to to give him a few and and good to see him pop one in. And he's due, more than due, a good game. Up front, uh, Saka Martinelli, I think, picked themselves... And then the other major debate is is what do we do up front? And I've plumped for Havertz. Um, two reasons for that. I think Newcastle are, are fairly physical at the back, and I think Havertz may be better able to cope with that. And the second thing is that Eddie Jones goes away. It really is that simple. Um, he, I don't. It's twenty eight games or something ridiculous. He hasn't scored in an away match. Havertz, um, yeah, may, maybe. Three. <laughs> I don't know what the record is exactly, but uh, you could be right. And so you've picked yeah. him as your striker. <laughs> so I picked, I picked Havertz as a striker, not Eddie. Sorry. <laughs> no, I that think was it's true. Wasn't it's it? And Martinelli's so, a star man. Yes. Uh, he, he looked uh, exceptional um, when he last played. And I think he. that's where the, that's where the goals are going to come from. I think on um, he's got Trippier to deal with, but I think he's possibly got Trippier's number now. Mm. Mm. Um, he obviously glides forward, doesn't he, Trippier, and opens up space yeah, behind, which you've got to absolutely. That and that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think will be exploited. I think that the pace of Martinelli will, will um, either mean that Trippier sits back and it creates less impact for them going forward, or the space is behind for for Martin yeah. Martinelli to exploit. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Are you are you? Erdogan, we've been missing for a fair few weeks. But what I wanted to pick you up on though is is the Raya pick because obviously when we've done our preview shows, you've been very adamant about Ramsdale and picking Ramsdale. What made you, you know, deviate away from that um, 
you know, I don't not principal, but um, headstrong pick of, of Ramsdale previously. I still don't think Ray is a better keeper, uh, but um, if the plan had been to play, if the plan had been to to potentially move towards a system whereby uh, it was as Mikel suggested going to be, we'll, we'll pick horses for courses. Mm. Um, then Ramsdale should have started against Sheffield United, give him a little rest between the sticks to get used to being in in his penalty box again, and then he would have been our lead place for West Ham. And that would have been two games uh, where where I think a judgment could be made, and I think he would get the confidence from that. I, I'm not sure in terms of his mental state at this stage that he's... Um, he needs a good game, and I'm not sure firing him into into St James's Park is the game to is the game to do. So it's not from a point of view of of talent; it's a point of view of of, of preparedness. If that is a if that is a word, mm. I no, think, it is. Um, think um, yeah. Uh, mm. So that's why that's why a rare for this game, and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens next. I, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, you know I've gone for Rayo, and I, I think that the, the midweek game against West Ham, I didn't think it was a performance that people should have been pointing their fingers at Ramsdale necessarily for the game. Um, I know that the third goal is like you know you could argue maybe we could do a bit better, but it takes a deflection and it's a split second, of course. And you then, I think it's luck if it if it hits him and goes wide or goes in, and it's just a bit unlucky sure. that one. But Rayo. You know, it's it's not he's not exactly inspired calm um, between the sticks for us, but he clearly does the things that Arteta wants a goalkeeper to do. I think better than Ramsdale in regards to some distribution and sticking to what Arteta wants. Maybe because Ramsdale maybe a little bit more impulsive, a little bit more emotional, is willing to kind of deviate from the plan slightly and go along, and maybe that's cost him his place because Raya is is more disciplined regarding what the instruction from Arteta is. Um, sure. But I think Ramsdale showed, especially in that Brentford game, you know how good he is as a goalkeeper with his, his shot stopping. So it's it's difficult. I just hope that whoever starts keeps a clean sheet because um, there will be yeah, question marks absolutely. if they if they don't. Um, from my side of things, um, I have gone with Eddie. I, I find it just kind of crazy. He scored a hat trick in his last Premier League game. You know, I've said like yourself, Mark. I've seen so many people drop him, um, and uh, it's like. I get it. Like he didn't have like a great game in midweek, but he didn't really get the best service. He had a couple of like balls into the box, which are very sure. difficult to, to deal with. Um, I understand why people want Havertz because he offers you a target. He offers you kind of something to, especially away from home against Newcastle, to give like a long ball up to at times. I get that, and I've even talked about Havertz as, as his best role, probably being in a forward line. The reason why I've moved this, and I think I've picked exactly the same team, bar. Um, uh, bar, I think, Jorginho, which I've moved Havertz in, mm -hmm. and then Nketi has gone up top. So just the one change from yours is, and I wrote about this yesterday after the press conference and after Arteta was talking about like his belief in the midfield being a success like Xhaka was. And I know that some people want to see Zinchenko playing a midfield role, and I do think there's potentially a pathway for that to happen in the future. Where I'm at with Havertz is that we're at a point in his Arsenal career still so early on um, where I think fans are, are right to have their concerns, that they're right to have their worries. But I think the only way in which it succeeds is if we give him consistency, if we give him 
the belief, those minutes and that confidence. So I know that we've been doing that so far. Um, and I know that I'm struggling, like other people are struggling with the habits thing, but I think you have to stick with it because we've stuck with it and yet we're still joint on points with Man City. Um, you know, two points off the top. And we have, I think, got to ride out this storm in some ways. I, I just think he needs belief, you know, and I just think that if you can give the guy belief and you can give the guy some confidence that we will see a better Havertz. And I always said, and someone left a comment on my video yesterday when I chatted with Andrew uh, Ars blog yesterday about, you know, Tom, you, you've talked about two years, that you give players two years, but you're talking already about your concerns about Havertz. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do give players two years and I would give Havertz two years. I'm not selling him, you know, I'm not selling him in the summer. But I think that fans are right to have the, you know, a right to the opinion that they've got concerns. Um, some people say not this game and that it's not the right one. And, you know, if I am if I was a betting man, I'd probably bet on your midfield, to be honest, Mike. I think Jorginho will probably start with Rice. Mm. But I think that you have to start a consistent Premier League eleven. We've not got Partey for the next however long and then might have not have him again. We're not going to have him for the um, January period either when he goes off to the African Cup of Nations. I just think that you have to give the guy some consistency and the opportunity again to show it. The first half against West Ham, I really enjoyed his performance. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was good. I thought he'd put himself about. He was, right. he was physical. He won tackles. He won fouls. Second half, it trailed off after kind of our heads dropped. And I think that that's natural for a player that struggled with confidence when the players around him are losing belief, that he loses that belief as well. And I think we just need to play him in the best possible team and with Rice behind him and give him that opportunity to flourish. But tell me your thoughts on, See, on that's where a, you are with him. That's the key That's the key point. We need to play him in the best possible team, I think. Mm. One thing that one thing that struck me about Wednesday, and I don't want to regurgitate everything that's been done, and you guys did a great show afterwards, by the way. Um, the One of the problems with rotating significantly, I think, is that we lose the good that one player does for another player, uh, if that makes sense. So, so Odegaard, we know, plays well with Saka, and Saka plays well with White, and Saliba plays well with Gabriel. And these sort of pairings around the pit seem to bring everybody up, or, or those particular individuals mm. up. I haven't seen Havertz and Enketia work together yet. Yeah. And so if if Jesus was playing um rather than Ketia, I think that would be giving Havertz the best chance, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean it's again it's really early days and, and you said that straight from the get-go. We're, we're only a handful of games in. But in terms of um in terms of how those in terms of how those players line up in the top five uh or, or the top the front five if Havertz is is joining them then I think he 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 possibly will thrive more when G, when Jesus is there rather than Ketia. And so that's yeah, to have them fair. both in the same team. I, I'm just I, I, I really hope I'm wrong. I really, hmm. really hope I'm wrong. I hope that Eddie goes there and smacks in another hat trick and, and yeah, yeah, uh, and, and away we go again. But I've just um uh, um the other the other issue I think I had with with putting Jorginho in was hmm. maybe there's times during the game where that sort of double pivot works at the back and then hmm. so we're sitting back and then I think Jorginho and Rice are probably stronger 
uh, and then Rice pushes forward when we're moving. Uh, he was great so, in this fixture last year, Jorginho. He yeah, was probably he was. man of the match. He was. Um, he was excellent. And I think maybe maybe there's a bit of maybe there's a bit of bias on my part thinking about how well he, he played in that game. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe that I'm bringing in. But um, he if, if he starts number. with Rice, I'm not going to be upset with that. I think that would be sure. a very sensible choice to play Rice and Jorginho away from home. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. I, uh, and and you know if, if it's this or if it's if it's yours uh, or if it's in Ketia where Havertz was for you and Havertz on the bench, I'm not going to have too many complaints, you know, about that. I don't think there's mm. too much variation that we can have. I know people are suggesting Zinchenko in the midfield, but that's a very big call to make for the first time in this specific fixture. Absolutely, to play somebody Absolutely. in a role that they've never played for Arsenal. You know, we yeah. say that he plays basically midfield, but you're playing in midfield coming in as the left back. So you have a player in that position that would also be coming into that position. You are fulfilling a different role in the Arteta system if you start as part of the midfield. So mm. I'd, I have no issue with him starting maybe the Sevilla home game in midfield and seeing how that yeah. works. You know, that would be a good way to go about it. Or the Burnley home game that we've got coming up next week as well. So there is chances. You know, there is opportunities for that to be tried. And I agree with Clive on the Vision podcast where he talks about using Zinchenko maybe as the, the successor to what Jorginho is, really. And I think there is definitely uh, scope for it to, to happen. I'm just not sure that this is the right game. I've seen some people in the chat book suggesting, you know, why not use Elneny? And again, I, I just think that to throw Elneny into for his first start of the season in this game is a big, big call to make in, in this specific game. I'm not saying that he couldn't do it. He's been in big games before. He's only 31 years of age. You know, he's not like people, I think, underestimate how, uh, I say young, uh, <laughs> he still is um, 31 in the context of a footballer, you know, but uh, he is the same age as Jorginho, for instance. So I think that there is scope for him to have uses, but... I'm not sure this is the game for it. Um, we're going to move to part two now and your question, guys. So start throwing them into the chat box and uh, we'll get some predictions as well in a bit as well. So let's go to that. Okay, we're going to jump into the chat box. Before I do that, I just, I just realised I haven't actually checked uh, what time my train is <laughs> it's in my head now and it's uh it's at 20 past 10 so we got i've got just under two hours i should be okay uh we should be fine for 15 minutes or so and then i'll get ready to go still need to pack so i'm actually staying it's one of those places mike where if you go all the way out to newcastle it's like you ain't getting back on the train because yeah. you know, it's, it's a long way to go so uh yeah, I've yeah. still got a pack and stuff. Um, right, let's jump into the chat box then and take some of your thoughts. Uh, Sabre says, and regarding the Zinchenko chat, he's been terrible, so shouldn't be starting his dinner, let alone a game for us. <laughs> I, I think that we've obviously been a bit disappointed with some of his performances for sure, but uh, I'm hoping that we see that improve. Um, front yard says, Tom, I don't think Arsenal fans are ready for the ruthlessness Arteta will need for the next level if we want to improve. We will need better players, which means selling the likes of Smith-Rowe and some other fan favourites. Do you agree with this? It's going to be... I think it depends on, on the player. I think ESR is obviously has the uh, the Hayland uh, linkage. But I think that... Um, I think it's a necessity. We, we can't hang on to players mm. for sentimentality. And um, that includes Ramsdale, I'm afraid. Uh, so yeah. if... Um, we do need to get to the next level. That's where we want to be, and and so uh, I think if 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 Wednesday did show us something is that we perhaps haven't, although we've got the depth, 
we haven't possibly got the depth and quality that we may like. If we want to, if we're serious about winning Premier Leagues on a regular basis, or at least challenging for them, and serious about going deep into Europe, mm. there's no doubt that the the squad needs another another level. And we've talked about that all season. We've talked about wanting uh, competitors for Saka. We're talking about adding another striker. We certainly need another central midfield player. Um, so uh, ruthless is is what it needs. Uh, uh, and today, the the okay, maybe Havertz accepted, uh, but the jury's still out on that one. Mm. But today, the record is actually pretty good in terms of in terms of bringing people in to take us to move the needle, uh, and we need to keep on doing that. So, yeah, um, agreed. Uh, you know, if you look at the amount of money Arsenal has spent, you know the amount of money that. Are hit is hits rather than misses is is lot and there's some players that there's juries out on like Havertz and sure. to a lesser extent Vieira still as well, um, but for the most part you look at the money that Arsenal have spent you know Rice what we bought is a hit Partey a hit even though he's had his, his injury problems Erdegaard hit you know Zinchenko hit Jesus hit uh, you know the amount of money that we spend in his key areas Tommy Asu Ben White uh, Gabriel um, Ramsdale you know we've we've had such success in investment. And this summer, they after that success and those so many hits, they they took a risk on Havertz, you know, and and that may not pay off. We'll have to wait and see. And I'll certainly be very critical of, of that if it doesn't pay off, because I don't know whether or not this was the right time to take a risk in the market with Arsenal on the up. And I think maybe we should have gone for something more of a sure bet, like a a Madison or a, a Zoboslai, somebody like that. But we'll have to wait and see because it, it might turn out that we we have this conversation in six months' time and we're looking back on Havertz, as Andrew was telling me yesterday, and saying, you know, I can't believe we were so disparaging about Havertz, you know, because he's doing amazing things now. But, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. We can only go off, obviously, what sure. we have seen. Uh, Mel says, availability is the best ability. Smith, Rowe, Tierney, Partey, and to some extent, Jesus, are not fulfilled in that criteria, in my opinion. But among all of these, I would still keep Jesus. Do you think that do you think that looking at a player's injury record even matters anymore, Mike? Because Partey, not injured before he came to Arsenal, injured all the time. Timber didn't really have an injury, you know, uh, record with, with Ajax, out for the for the rest of the season. Jesus, I know he had some injuries at Man City. But I don't think he missed as many games as consistently as maybe he's missed for us. No um, Smith Rowe, you know, prior to, to coming through from Hayland, you know, I'd, I'd never really heard of any issues that he had. And then, you know, he's had his problem. So, do you think it's worth even assessing a player's injury record before they arrive? Because it just seems it doesn't matter anymore. It, it's beginning to seem that way, isn't it? And, and it's not just Arsenal either. Uh, you look at you look at um, Chelsea, Man City. I can't remember the last time De Bruyne was out for any length of time. Um, uh, but know, but it's not... Obviously, De Bruyne is out now. Um um, was he out for Wolfsburg like before he joined? I can't remember that he was. But he's had injury that. issues at City. But I don't know about before. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't, maybe it's a maybe it's an intensity of the Premier League thing. Mm. Perhaps um, you obviously don't want you want to have a look and make sure nobody's carrying something that's recurring. But I, yeah. I don't think it's quite the deal breaker it it, it possibly used to be um, because. As you say, we've had so many players come in uh, and injury-free, apparently, and then mm. pop up with that. I mean, even Rice, like the king of availability, went off against yes. Spurs with a problem and, yeah. and missed the Brentford game, I think, as well with a, with an injury. So it's, it is staggering how quickly uh, these injury things happen. Um, 
MM says I can deal with injury-prone players like John Stones, for instance. But when it's crunch time, they need to deliver. Uh, and I think that, you know, we need to sign players. I'd much prefer, you know, a player, if you're talking about injuries or whatever, I'd much prefer having a player that's sure got, you know, has had, had injuries or whatever, but has a record of delivering on the biggest stage compared sure. to a player that is always available but has question marks about their, you know, delivering on on a consistent basis. So is it better to have is it better to have somebody that's that's always available or somebody that there's a little bit of a question mark about regarding their fitness, but whenever they play, they're always on the top of their game. And that's that's why that whole the best ability is availability. I see that. But there are players sometimes that are always fit but don't always deliver. And maybe it's the other that you need. What do you think? There's a there's a line, and I'm not sure what how to draw this line, mm. but you look at Party, for example, uh, who has had some exceptional games for us, absolutely world-class on occasion. Um, but you can't plan a team for someone or, or, or to, to bring somebody who's going to be available for a third of the season. Mm. Um, so there's, there's got to be, uh, there's got to be a line where that, um, where that sort of old cliche, which seems to be banded around every social media channel these days is a reality that, that, that there needs to be a, uh, at least a minimum amount of availability mm -hmm. and quality when they come up. Um, Smith Rowe, for example, unfortunately hasn't de delivered quality when he's had the opportunity so even if he comes back and even if he does particularly well he's he has a need to step up significantly for him to be uh um, no matter how much is available unless he moves forward in terms of uh, in terms of his performance he's not going to be the player that we want or need no matter how much he is available so so yeah, we want someone who's going to perform when they're here. But there's a line that says, "No, it's not enough. Not not if we're building a squad that want to challenge on all on all fronts." Mm. Uh, Schlamed says, uh, "Sorry, I was late. Uh, I had to get some food after work, but it's almost two in the morning. But I'm already setting alarms to get up for the game. Vamos, Arsenal." Um, George says, "Do we need to take a look at the way that Arsenal are training players in order to cut down injuries?" This always it's, it's always we always go to the conspiracy, don't we? You know, it's always the conspiracy. It's always there's something wrong with the medical department or there's something wrong with the training pitches or there's something wrong with the, the, the analysis of the players before they arrive. Do you think there is something always to be said that every club has injuries and every club loses players, but we're just so locked into Arsenal that we it feels for us that it's happening more than any other club? I haven't got the, uh, the, I haven't got the stats to back it up, but that's what it, <laughs> yeah. but that's what it feels like. Uh, it, it doesn't feel as though there are many clubs without without significant injuries this year, mm. or even for the last couple of years, to be honest. Um, so, and it is very easy to just just focus in on on, on what's happening in our world. Um, so, yeah, it'd be really interesting to do some 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 analysis on that and see uh, and see if there is do a league table of. Uh, of significant injuries and, mm. and yeah um dawn's made a, a a good point in the chat books there we've already referenced that newcastle have got significant injuries as well yeah um yeah so they're not exempt either it's, it's something that it's what you need a squad for 
um, not only to give people rest, but also to to, to, to manage the injury situation. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I I struggle with the training pitch conspiracy. I struggle with the medical department theory because I cannot I cannot stress enough how much research and investment and science goes into these pitches into the training into the coaching how much training and experience and qualifications the medical staff the coaching staff will have to suggest that these people and this infrastructure is somehow flawed because injuries happen i just think is crazy i find it crazy because if people really appreciate understood the level of as i say all of those different qualities that go into it it's it, it simply it's not a thing Try, injuries happen football's a contact sport players have um just in their own makeup you know some players are going to be more susceptible to injuries th than others just because the way they're built biologically um through through matter of chance so injuries are going to happen it's high intensity um and it's it's just i always struggle with the the conspiracy sort of things about training mm. and the pitches and the medical staff and things like that. Like you, somebody on the medical staff will, will leave and somebody else will come in and suddenly we haven't had an injury in three months and people are like, ah, that's what it was. <laughs> You're like, no, Absolutely. it's just yeah, yeah. because we've been quite lucky for the last three months with injuries because yes. they do happen. Um, you know, if, if they weren't getting injured in training and, you know, if, they, if people then start and we weren't performing well on the pitch, People would say, well, maybe it's to do with the training. Maybe we're not training intensely enough, you know, because, you know, and it's, there's always got to be something, um, you know, and as Wontong Suit says in the chat, our, our medical department has changed a quite, a quite a few times in the last few years. I doubt that that is the reason. Um, so, yes, uh, there you go. We are going to bring the show to a close. Uh, we're going to get predictions from Mike and you guys in the chat box before we do so. Do so. But while you're thinking of your predictions, I do want to tell you all a very important thing that happened yesterday. I met Wynn. It happened. I met Wynn the dog, and uh, she's glorious <laughs> in all her doggish ways. So, um, yes, it was a great moment. I was just on my laptop kind of typing up a, a couple of prep questions and prepping what I was going to ask and things like that and tweaking some stuff. And uh, I just saw um, uh, the, the Lynn, who works uh, behind uh, the desk at the Emirates for, for the media, uh, with the lead in hand, walking Wynn through the uh through the through the press lounge yeah, at the uh, arsenal's london colony training ground so great great thing i am as people know i'm allergic to dogs um but uh it's only kind of when i'm around them for long periods but uh yeah certainly got to have a mini cuddle and uh it's yeah it's great it was a, a great <laughs> day it was the highlight of my day and, and you know that Mike, they say that dogs help therapy wise it's so true like it's such yeah, a yeah. such a true thing so that's fantastic Predictions, mate. Two one to us. Mm. Two one I... to Arsenal. Scorers. Yeah. Um, Martin Allen Saka. Um, I am gonna go with. I think I said two nil, uh, which is very brave uh, to go the clean sheet at Newcastle. But we did it last year, and I think that's why I'm going safe. Um, so I'm gonna go two nil and Ketia and Havertz. I feel like, you know, we've been saying Ben White Screamer for a long time. And it very nearly happens on quite a I few did. occasions. So maybe we need to start changing this to a Havertz Screamer. Like, and will this into existence? And, uh, you know, increase the chances. Because we are, 
you know, we're superstitious people here. Um, so yes. there you go. <laughs> um, people asking for a picture of, of Win the Dog. There is one in the Discord server. So another benefit of being in our Discord server <laughs> is you can see a picture of Win the Dog. Um, right, let's go to see what you guys are saying. Uh, Grantley Poo says 3-1. Uh, Alani says 3-1 Arsenal. Uh, Ameka says 2-1 Arsenal. Anne says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Som 2 says 2-1 to the Arsenal. Uh, Jean 3-1. Uh, Rancid 2-0. John says 2-1. Um, Sabro's going for a 3-0. Johnny Bell's going for a 0-0. Mel says um, 3-2. Alex says 2-2 with Saka and Eddie to score. Um, let's go to Valos. It's 3-2 with Ben White Screamer. He'll answer for the OG that he scored. Uh, MM <laughs> says 1-0 to the Arsenal. Martinelli late winner. Uh, Arsenal for life uh, says 2-0 or 3-1 to the Arsenal. Havertz assist and scores. I'm praying for it. Cass says 2-2. Maximi is 2-1. My question, Mike, is if I offered you a draw now, would you take it? <sighs> I'm going to put a poll into the chat box and just get their thoughts on this as well. If I offered you a draw away at Newcastle, it doesn't matter on the scoreline. I'm not going to say anything to do with that. But if I offered you a draw and no injuries or anything like that, no injuries, so I'm going to say that you can avoid injury as well. No, no, we won't do that because that makes it a bit unfair. Just a draw. Uh, would you take it? That's a horrible question. Uh, <laughs> I, I asked this to Andrew obviously yesterday, and he said he said no. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of same campish. It doesn't feel right to 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 say yes, but um, yeah, there's a big part of there's a big. Is a draw a good result? I, I think a draw is okay. I, I don't think a draw does us any damage. Uh, I think a loss would would see the fan base meltdown. Mm, um, yeah, mm. and confidence. Confidence in the players would not be uh, would probably not be in a good place. So I'd accept a draw. Is that okay? Yeah, I think that's absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that you take a draw at Newcastle away. As you said, uh, the uh, the first thing you said, I think, was it's the third most uh, difficult place in the league to go to. Um, so getting a draw yeah. there is, is is not a bad result. Um, uh, chat box, I've put a poll in there. You've got a couple of minutes to vote before we wrap up, um, and we'll get some thoughts on that. I can tell you that. Immediately after 50 votes, no is leading the way at 63%. At the moment, yes, at 37%. So we'll catch up on that in just a second. I'll get some closing thoughts on that question. John says a draw would mean that we're still unbeaten. And I think we'd all take it, really. The uh, the the heat, the head. Oh, sorry. The head takes a draw, but the heart desires a win. Yes, uh, I agree in that sense, for sure. I think my head's probably in that same space. It's thinking a draw's a good result. But my goodness me, I, just, I, I love just rolling the dice just to see if if Arsenal could get a, a win here. Um, Cass says, yes, I would take a draw, especially if we played them the same way as we played the Chelsea game. Uh, very true. You know, we'd all have taken a draw when we were 2-0 down against Chelsea, but perhaps we wouldn't have done before the game. This is a much trickier test, of course, as well. So we've got to hope that we're on it for the whole of the game rather than the last 20 minutes. Uh, Somtu says, no, though. The boys need to bounce back after that West Ham defeat. Valor says, if we draw against good teams and win against the rest, I think that we have a fine chance in the end. So let's go Unvincible. Maximir says, no, go all in. We've got to go for the win. Um, and looking at the uh, the poll now, as we close on 100 people to have voted, 38% uh, of you have said yes, but 62% of you 
have said no. Um, so there you go. Uh, the majority are saying that they would roll the dice uh, on today's game, and I have complete respect for that. Um, so uh, I will, uh, as I am such a sheep, I will go with you. <laughs> and uh, and I will certainly be gambling on potentially getting uh, a result as well and hope that we can, we can do it. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for jumping on with me this morning. You're so welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you once again for invite me along thanks to all, all the kind comments in the chat box it's been uh, it's been a pleasure and a privilege as always indeed um so thank you chat box uh really appreciate everybody tuning in uh do give mike plenty of love in the comment section as well and uh, i'll be back tomorrow from a newcastle hotel room uh discussing the game that takes place of course at 5 30 p.m. this afternoon. If you would like uh, some updates, if you're unable to watch the game for whatever reason, of course, I'll be covering the game from St. James's Park on our football.london live blog. So do make sure that you tune in for that. Um, and I'll be in Mikel Arteta's press conference after the game rather than in the mix zone this time. So to hear from the boss, hopefully after a really, really positive victory. Right. We'll see you again tomorrow morning, bright and early, 8am. Let's keep those fingers crossed for a big result. Mike, thank you very much again, once again, for your time. And uh, we will see you all on the next one. Have a great day. Stay safe, stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.